Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. My name is Andrew. Um, my wife and I, we're the lead pastors at Freedom City Church in Fremantle. So I, I'm so excited to come to Vic Park instead this morning. But I... Uh, we are, myself, my wife, we've actually just had our first child, but, well, she had the child. <laughs> I, did, that, I did a little bit of work. Um, so that's, that's us on our third year anniversary, third wedding anniversary. His name's Charlie Luca River. Her name is Megan Elizabeth Norton. You don't, anyway, but it's, uh, and they are, you know, the, the greatest gift ever. Um, Charlie is huge. <laughs> If <laughs> you see me, I'm a big man. He, my wife thinks he's going to be bigger than me. Um, and we also have a chocolate Labrador named Boston. Uh, and so he's a big buffhead. He really is. Uh, but I'm a, I am a student of theology. We all are. If you didn't know that, we're all theologians. Um, but I'm a student of theology at... Uh, table Bible College, so I'm, I've been doing that for a while now. Things keep popping up like babies and getting married, so I will finish my degree one day. So I, I swear what I'm going to say today is sound. But um, but I love coffee. I love the NBA. Like, I really love the NBA. Um, I love shoes, and I love Jesus. And not particularly in that order, but it's... Uh, just, so I think... Decide. I need to get into my message because I know I've got a time limit. But um, don't I, Josh? I've got time. Oh, sweet. <laughs> um, I think if if you want to impact people, people need to know what you're about in the first five minutes. Yeah. Uh, so it's like that's something a lesson I learned from a man named Carl Lentz. Uh, if you if you want people to know what you're about, you should be passionate about what you're about. So people should be able to pick that up about you. So I get in trouble. Um, people have started counting how many times I talk about my son at church. But I'm passionate about him. You know, I'm also passionate about Jesus, like I said. So anyway, I just want to give a bit of honor where honor is due. Uh, Pastor Nate and Pastor Beck, you have phenomenal pastors. I'm not going to say you've got great pastors. And I know that um, people do this all the time when they go to different churches. But I really mean it. You know, when Josh said that, and he's, take care of this guy, he's your future. Um, when Josh said that I, we've been helped to lift, oh, lift has lifted us. You know, Freedom City, we took over a, a ch- already established church, my wife and I, about 18 months ago. It's hard. It's hard to transition a church that has established vision and mission already. But um, Nate and Beck have been there, Pastor Nate and Pastor Beck have been there to help us every step of the way. And he's actually the first person I go to on the phone now. Yeah, so honor where honor is due. I'm so stoked to be able to release them and for you to release them to go and have a, some time to themselves for their fifth wedding anniversary. You know, it's like I didn't put it in my notes. I took it out. But if honor your pastors. I get to say this because I'm not at my church. So if I said to my church, they'd be like, shut up. But it's um, honor your pastors. Like, because if you knew, if my church knew how often I pray for them, how much I worry about them, that I'm up at night sometimes just praying on my knees, that you're, you're, you're asked to be so much more than just a person who loves people. You organize events, you 
handle finances. Uh, I didn't get taught that stuff growing up. So honor your pastors. If you can't, and it's the, way, the greatest way that you can honor them is to support them by saying, actually, I can help you there. I can take that from them. I can take that burden from you. I can help you. Actually, no, I've got a gift. I've got a talent that I can bring to the table. Maybe you're an amazing singer. Why aren't you on stage? Uh, don't, I'm allowed to say this because Pastor Nate said this when he preached at our church. You get, you're a little bit bolder at different churches. Um, maybe you're giving yourself a time. Oh, just one year before I serve. That's bullcrap. I'm sorry, but that's bullcrap. You know, God might be back in one year. You know, Jesus might return in one year. If you're waiting to serve, you're waiting to build this community, if you really want to be part of this community and help it move forward, engage. Be part of it. You know, if you want friends, make friends. Don't sit back and wait. Uh, so anyway, I need to get to my notes. But so today what I want to speak about, and this message I believe it weaves into the theme of what you're talking about beyond zero. My message today is called Empty Your Hands. So I like, I like the energy that's coming back. You're yelling at me. That's good. It, it, if I feed off that stuff. So if you, one thing, I, I, I still want someone in church when I'm preaching to stand up and just cross the arm, look at me and say, come on, keep going, white boy. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> someone's, someone's asleep. But uh, if, you, if, if you want to, um, sorry, <laughs> welcome to church. Um, so if, you, if you're, you're a part of this, just engage with it. You know, like, uh, I think that we can all get something out of this. And I believe that you know, it says in the Bible where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord is here. So if you want some freedom, engage, be part of this. So, so the message beyond zero, um, from what I have talked to Nate about, is talking about you know, what I was wanting to take our next step in our journey. And maybe in areas of life we're feeling a little bit stagnant, maybe feeling a little bit stuck. And I think the, the thing about that is that when we do get stuck, and I'm going to ask for a bit of honesty in a second, when we get stuck, it feels like you know, everyone's going past us. We're just kind of like on a, a still elevator or one of those things at the airport that's, what's it called? Travelator. So many laters. You know, it's just a, we're just a, a, a frozen travelator and people just going past us. Who's ever been on one of them when, you, when it just stops and you're like, I'm not walking? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to do something. I'm waiting for this travelator to turn back on. Don't treat God like that. So, oh, that's a nugget right there. But, um, so, so uh, my notes. So, basically, if we are not, if we're stagnant, if we're stuck, we're not embracing all that God has for us in our future. Yeah, and it's a simple truth, but, it is what it is. You know, if we're not, if we're stagnant, if we're stuck, if we're feeling, if we're feeling a little bit lost sometimes, and we all feel that way. I have had a shocking start to 2018. I have, but actually I'm, I'm better now, but I had a shocking start to 2018. But the thing about it is like, when that happens, sometimes it just feels confusing. It feels like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And we try and look for all the, I'd say, sin issues. We try and say, what am I, am I, um, what am I doing wrong? Like, what are, like, we're not living under grace, we're living under law in that sense. But I feel like what we need to be doing is we need to be honest with ourselves today going forward and realizing that actually there's some things that we need to empty our hands of. You know, like, I want to show of honesty here, and put, I've put my hand up first. Who here has ever felt stagnant, stuck, 
in certain areas of your life or your faith or is currently feeling stagnant or stuck in certain areas of your life. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It is hard because it's like I'm tithing God. I'm listening to Hillsong. I mean, even listening to Hillsong remixes. You know, what is that? Who needs Skrillex? They've got remixes from Hillsong now. You know, it's like, uh, what am I doing? I'm serving on a team. Like, I'm, I'm not watching Game of Thrones. I voted for Liberal Party, even though that backfired really badly. You know, it's like all these different things that were like, I, I'm doing all the things that it looks like I should be doing, but we're still stuck. And for me, I think that that's not, that's not what we need to be focusing on, actually. I believe that the reason we can feel stuck or stagnant is not because of what we're doing, but actually what we're not letting go of. You know, in life, the thing is, and this, is, this will blow your mind as well, but we, we hold on to negative, and we all know that we hold on to the negative things. But actually, sometimes we hold on to the positive things. We have a false sense of loyalty to the positive, the successes. And we're like, actually, that, I'm going to hold on to that. And the reason why this can actually be a bad thing is if we do not empty our hands of the past, God cannot fill our hands with the today. So that means... That means that maybe some of the things you've been thinking, actually, that was a good thing. Maybe that was a good thing yesterday. Maybe you need to move on. You know, if you're talking about a revelation God gave you five years ago, you need to move on a long time ago. Because it says in the Bible, there's a story uh, in Exodus about the Israelites. They got taken out of Egypt into the desert, and they had no food, no water, nothing and they're like, God, how are we going to survive? And what God did was God created something called heavenly bread called manna. And every morning that was on the floor for them to get. And it says in the Bible, it says, do not get more than your day's worth. Because what's going to happen is it'll fester, it will come moldy. But so many people were like, screw this. You know, it's like, I'm just going to get as much as I want. And so they'll get for the day's worth, and then the next day they'll be like, I'll just go to my, my supplies. They went, and it's like, it's moldy. Two things there. Not in my notes again, but two things. Daily. You need to get daily. God's word for you, God's truth for you. Second thing is you need to go and pick it up yourself. That was, I got this on the way here in the car, so like I said, it's not in my notes, but you need to pick it up yourself. Don't stand on a travel later that stopped. You know, it's like you need to do it yourself. If you don't know how to, if you need a church, ask someone. Please help me. You know, we're in a church where we have a lot of people new to church. And so it's like the biggest thing that we can say is like, I can show you how. It's like there's no shame in asking for help. I'm not a car man, so I have to ask for help for my car to get fixed. You know, it's like... There's no shame in it. There's no shame in it at all. All right, so back to the notes. We need to empty our hands. Is that cool? All right. So to help me unpack this phrase a little bit, I'm going to go to a, a verse in the Bible to give it a bit of authority because, yeah, ooh. Yeah. So, 
And for a bit of context, so for a bit of context as well, I just want to explain the backstory of this. It says, in this passage, oh, that's what I wrote, but in, in this passage we read about Elisha, a prophet. He was someone who shares messages from God to people. So before the Holy Spirit came, God would speak through certain people who were anointed or chosen for a time to actually share messages. Now that the Holy Spirit is here, we don't need prophets because we've got the Holy Spirit. So, but this is how it happened back in the day. So, and what Elisha told King Jehoash was, um, was basically whose army was at war with, they're called Israelites were at the war with the Aramaeans. He, he shared him a message, which is found in 2 Kings 13, verses 14 to 19. So if you're a note-taking person, take it. If not, it's on the, it's on the screen. So got one note-taker. Well done. You got brownie po points. The Lord will bless you immensely. Um, when Elisha was in his last illness, King Jehoash of Israel visited him and wept over him. My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel, he cried. Elisha told him, get a bow and some arrows. And the king did as he was told. Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open the eastern window. He opened it. Then he said, shoot. And he shot an arrow. Elisha proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. For you will completely conquer the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with him. He, he said, you should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you'll be victorious only three times. So if you've never read this passage, it seems really unfair doesn't it? It seems really unfair because Elisha says, Jehoash, strike the arrows. Well, he said, shoot the arrow out of the window, which he did. Then he says, strike the ground. He it was very open-ended. And so he's like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Three times. And then he was angry at him. And so I'm a married man. I know what it's like to get in trouble for things you didn't even know you did do or didn't do. I'm a married man, so I know there are times where I'm like, all right, Andrew, put out the, can you please put out the bins? I'm like, yes, Megs. And then, then, then all of a sudden she's like angry at me. I'm like, what? I did what you wanted me to do. And she said, but your attitude sucked. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. It's like, this isn't fair. You know, what do you want? Who's seen, who's seen the notebook? What do you want? What do you Anyway, but it says... <laughs> it seems unfair, doesn't it? Hands up if you think that's unfair. No, yeah, it's okay. Yes, it's good. It's good. Yeah, thank you, man. I didn't see your hand, Josh. <laughs> anyway, so it seems a little bit like I right, strike the ground and he struck the ground three times. And. After thinking about this passage, researching a bit more into it, I came to actually understand better why Elisha was angry at the king. Uh, so let me paint a picture for you. Israel was under attack by the Arameans. So the Arameans, and the, the way that Israel has and still is, has been and still is, is that there's, they're surrounded by people <laughs> who want to attack them. 
from day dot, actually the Babylonians, the Aramaeans, everyone was like, we're going to attack Israel and we're going to defeat them. So this is the picture that King Jehoash probably has. It's like, I'm stressed. There's people wanting to come and kill my family, my country. He's stressed. That is a pretty hard thing to have, to be in the middle of. To be like, all right, there's people who want to kill me, destroy my life. And so King Jehoash was like, all right, you know, a message from God, Elijah, this is great. So what Elisha did was he said, I want you to do something. I want you to open the eastern window. These are my arrows. There's no tips on them, just for safety. I don't know who the OHS officer is here, but I'll aim for you. But anyway, it's like, <laughs> it says, shoot it out the eastern window. I'm not going to try to hit anything, so it's just, I'm going to go over this way. Oh, that's a, I'm just going to. Oh, I was hit your TV. That was a sh- See these ones? I've watched enough Lord of the Rings to know that these are for a long bow, not a short bow. Anyway. I got them from Bunnings for two bucks each. But it's, um, <laughs> it's, so he's like, he did it. He, he shot the arrow east out the window. And what's phenomenal, phenomenal about this is that, you know, Alakazam, God's like, you will be victorious over the enemy. Simply shooting an arrow out a window, God says, you will be victorious. How much stress would you have off your shoulders? You're like, I just need to shoot more arrows out the window. Just randomly, <laughs> bored, what do I do? Shoot an arrow out a window. But it's, I don't know, who here is, watches movies, and if you get really stressed about the ending of the movie, you go to IMDb, or you go to Google, and you're like, just read the end of the plot and you're like ah oh, yes so you're like you watch the movie with a, a, a whole different confidence it's like yes they will fall in love or yes uh, I, someone told me about the ending of La La Land yesterday and it was ruined I'm not going to watch it anymore but it's uh, sorry it's, if you haven't watched La La Land by the way Greatest Showman probably one of my favourite movies ever top five hands down Oh, anyway, <laughs> so but and Matt, when I find out actually in the movie, I'm like, oh wow, I've got a real confidence. I'm like, yeah, I know, everything's gonna be okay. You know, it's like I watch the movie, being like, all right, the the victory's already there. I'm okay with that. So I'll know that if something bad happens, something good will happen again to counter that. You know, so it's so like for me, I was like, I was like, all right. Jehoash should have that. God has said to him, you will have victory over the Arameans. So you would imagine that Jehoash would all of a sudden be like, yes, I am confident. I've got a swagger to my step. Well, that's not real swagger. It's just walking, but I've got a real swagger going on. And it's like, I'm actually really confident about what's going to happen. Even if the war may come, we have been promised victory. So what makes what happens next the really interesting thing? And I just, side note, you know, the, arrow, the first arrow is the, 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 the promise of God's victory. Jesus is our promise of victory. 
So Jesus is kind of our arrow. It's not theologically sound, <laughs> but it makes sense. So, side note, we need to live in victory now. We need to live like actually we are in a place of victory. Instead of being stressed and being like, maybe God fell off the throne the other day. You know, maybe he just had a bad day and slept in. You know. anyway, so we need to be- know that Jehoash was like, actually, no, I've been promised the victory. The arrow's been shot. And so what I believe is actually what happens here in the next section kind of comes down as indicative of Jehoash's measure of faith. You know, how much did Jehoash actually believe in God's promise? How confident was he about the victory? Because you see, Elijah tells Jehoash to strike the arrows on the ground. And Jehoash is like, sweet, we just got a victory. But that's not really an enthused effort. Three efforts is like, was that was that cool, Jesus? Do you need do you need me to do more? I'm sorry, Elijah, do you, should I do more? Do you want me to tap on something harder? Yeah, it's like he tells him to tap, and it's kind of like just one, two, three. Is that good? Is that is that good? Is that what you wanted me to do? You know, you give me the victory. You said we're going to be victorious. We're, we're going to be victorious. But it's a, it's a, hold up. Uh, so just three times, yeah. It doesn't seem very, how would you say, um, appropriate. It doesn't seem that it lines up or is congruent to what is actually going on. That he's just had this relief, relief given to him, this stress taken off his shoulders. Then he's kind of like, three's good, yeah? Is that all I have to do? Is that all I have to do? Let me say that. Is that all I have to do, God? Is that enough? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think you might be seeing what I'm getting at, but it seems almost apprehensive. It seems almost like, all right, you know, God, is, that's enough, but also, you know, I'm going to do it, God, but I'm going to tap lightly just in case I need these arrows later on. You've promised me victory, but I'm going to tap it just three times. Just in case you actually don't come through with your promise of victory, just in case you actually you're not true to your word, God, I'm going to hold on to this because I might need my longbow, I might need to go into legless mode, I might need I might need to smoke some Arameans. You know, it's like <laughs> it's almost as though he was like, "Yeah, God, you're saying that you'll you'll make me victorious, but I'm going to hold on to these just in case. I'm not going to I'm not going to smack him." Hard enough. I'm just going to, one, two, three. Tap it three times because, God, I'm stressed. Maybe you've been in a situation where you haven't seen God come through before. Maybe you've been in a situation where things haven't worked out. You know, I think the thing about it is it's not so much that we, the past is holding on to us as opposed to we are holding on to the past. When we hold on to the past, we can't hold on or receive what God has for us. For today, like you can't, <laughs> you can't be released anything until you release what you have. And so, going back to my movie example, if I know the end of a movie, 
if I know that I'm confident that actually Jesus, God has said that actually you will be victorious. I'm, I'm not going to hold back. If God has said that actually, you know, there are promises for you, a future and a hope, not to harm you but prosper you. So um, this is, I'm not going to hit you. <laughs> that you are victorious because of the name of Jesus. It says in the word of God that every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. If I am holding back and saying, all right, God, yeah, you say all that, but maybe I just, just hold a little bit. No, what am I going to do? Cover your eyes. So I'm going to. Everyone okay? <laughs> Cover your See, I gave you a warning like two seconds before I did it. I need to be confident. I need to break the arrows because what I can do is useless compared to what God has done. Jehoash didn't understand this because he was like, God, I'll, just in case you don't come through, I'm just going to hold on to the past. My past victory of a revelation you gave me five years ago, my past identity issue which I feel comfortable in, my past of, of addiction which helps me feel good in times of down, being, feeling down, I'm going to hold on to it just in case you can't provide my every need. <laughs> Sometimes, sorry, we need to shatter, break the arrows. We need to break our human efforts and actually say that actually God, you can and you will because your promise is yes and amen. He struck it three times. He wanted to do what I did. He wanted to break the arrows because you don't need a just-in-case or a backup plan when God has promised you a victory. You don't need a, a something like just hidden away. Oh, sweet, I've got a few arrows under the, the, the bench here. You don't need that. You know, and the reason why so many of us are stagnant and stuck is because we're not letting go. What's your name, ma'am? Andre, Josh, can I get you up here? I, I said I'd use an example, like VAK, kind of visual, audio, kinesthetic kind of stuff going on here. Can I have the keyboard player up as well, unless that's Andre, because that would be awkward. You're not the... You're not <laughs> yeah, so it's... And this is just simple so you can see it. All right, Josh, you stand there. You stay there. You're a rock man. Andre, you can... <laughs> I can do that. All right, so my future... This is my past. This is my future. Just so you can see it. All right, Josh, I'm going to hold on to your hand. Monkey grip. Let's go monkey grip. Apparently, it's the strongest grip in the world. The, the, the beach bros or something like use it. They're surfer dudes. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> all right, this is my past. There's hurt. There's pain. But there's also positive. That revelation I had from God two years ago. That revelation that I had that I was actually can be successful, that I can do something. That I can achieve when I put my mind to it, when I, put my, when I go into the, the Holy Spirit within me, yeah. But the thing is, that's a ceiling unless we let go and we take a moment of actually empty-handedness. So you're God, just for now. 
you're my past, just for now. So if you reach your hands out and like, all right, sweet, oh cool. All right, come on, past and and no, stay there. Like I said, you're a rock. You're a rock. I'm like, all right, nah. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe what my parents said to me when I was younger that I won't amount to anything. That maybe that is true. <laughs> Hold up, God's got something for me. I can't reach it yet. You know, it's like you know what? Maybe, maybe it's because God gave me a revelation. He said that I want you in this season, this next stage. I want you to be a musician. Was actually He's calling you to be a kids worker. I know it's simple, but I'm like. Nah, but God said, God said, this is who I am. And we identify ourselves by things that aren't fresh. We identify ourselves by moldy manner. No, I got your thing yesterday, God. I don't need any more. I got what you said yesterday. Nah. The only way to let go is... Let go, actually. Yeah, it's the, your past is not holding on to you. Uh, your past may affect the way you think about yourself, but it's not holding on to you. Yeah. So if you just let go, ah, oh, come on, past, let go of me. Damn it, past. Damn it. <laughs> it's, no, it's like, what's happening here? The past isn't holding me back. But I'm holding on to the past. You need to let go. Receive the future. All that God has for you. Thanks, guys. For me, this was big because, yeah, when we took on the church 18 months ago, I was like, oh, there's so many good things, so many cool ideas. But God was actually saying, nah, it's, that was yesterday. The past, the hurt, the good, the bad, the ugly, that was yesterday. The only person who can decide whether you live in that is you. Stop complaining if you're standing still on a solid, a stable or a travelator. Stop complaining and just take a step. Just one step is all that matters. One step, then take another step. Then you actually get used to it. This is what walking feels like. It's like you'll start getting used to the fact that actually I have more power over my future than I realize. Why? Because my future is God. My future is God. And just to say, I don't discredit the things that happened in your past. Not at all. Like, my, my testimony, if I ever get to share it with you, I should not be a pastor. Well, in some people's eyes, I should not be a pastor. But hey, I'm here. Why? Because I chose not to let that define me. I took the step of letting go. And I took the step of actually, the scary step of actually waiting for God to put something in your hands. Sometimes a season or a time of change means that you actually have to disengage, turn, and engage. The turning part is the crappy part because you can't hold on to your 
the, the comforts that you have for your insecurities, and you've, you're yet to find that, that peace and that comfort. It's the turning stage that might be the hard part. Yeah, and when I said I feel like there is going to be breakthrough today, I mean it. Can I just get everyone to stand to their feet? Just close your eyes. If you're comfortable. Can I just have the prayer team come to the side here? Or elders and leaders and prayer team. Now unto him, he can do above and beyond all that we can ask or imagine according to the power that is work within us. That power is the Holy Spirit. That power is not positive mental attitudes or slogans like make myself great again or something like that. You know, it's like political joke there. But it's the power is the Holy Spirit that lives in our life, that lives within us. I, feel, I think it's here, because that's my most bloated part recently, but I think it's here. But the, re, the way that we receive the Holy Spirit is by declaring Jesus Christ as Lord. So I'm going to ask a first question with all eyes shut, just a private moment. Do you know Jesus? Jesus came, died on the cross, took our sin and shame, went to the grave, left it there, and rose again. When we get baptized in the water, that's a representation that we go down, we come back up clean. When we make a declaration in our heart, Jesus, I want you, I need you, we go down dirty, we come up clean. Maybe you feel dirty. Maybe you feel that maybe it's time for me to make a decision to let Jesus cleanse me, change me. I repent. I turn to you, Jesus. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to pop your hand in the air. One, two, three. Just chuck your hand in the air if that's you. Oh, that's great. I see that hand. Is there anyone else here? It's not a shameful thing. That's actually it's a greater sense of reality. I see that hand there. That's awesome. Anyone else? This is a day for breakthrough. All right, second question, and congratulations to you who made that decision. I'd love to chat to you at the end. The second question, maybe you need to let go of something from the past. Maybe you've been holding on to something. Maybe you've been holding on to, to good things. <laughs> maybe... You're also holding on to bad things. We all have that. Every pastor will tell you they have that. Every mature Christian will tell you they have that. Every person will tell you that they have a past influence on their present. But we have the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus. So we say, actually, I I come to you because I know that everything will has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus Christ. We can see healing and wholeness come. So being honest, and I want real honesty here. 
do you have something that you need to lay down at the cross of Jesus Christ now and say, actually, this is not my past and this will not be, well, sorry, this will not be my future. If that's you, chuck your hand up. That's great. Prayer team, if you can just take notice of the people who put their hands up and chat to them at the end or if the people put their hands up, there's people around who can pray for you. I want to pray a quick prayer of you before I release you all. But I want to do something. It's, you know how I was talking about Elisha being a prophet before? I want to prophesy over you. I want to share the heart of God for you. So with every eye closed, and if you want to release things, I, I encourage you, the posture of your worship, physical, soul, spirit, it all it kind of aligns. It just feels right. If you want to chuck your hands out like you've got empty hands, saying, take this from me, God, and put into my hand what you need. If you want to put your hands out in front of you, this is a, a physical sign saying, actually, I'm ready to release. And I'm going to pray. Father God, I just... Lift up every single person here in prayer and petition and say, God, that you have a plan and a purpose for every single person's life. Not to harm, but to prosper for a future and a hope. Lord, I pray where there's hopelessness, that hope would be replaced. That you would take hopelessness out of the hands and replace hope. The hope that gives us an understanding, a confidence in salvation that Jesus, what you did on the cross actually happened. There's a confidence that actually when we stand before God, when you return, that we will be seen as righteousness, covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, the death. When he died and he shed his blood, there was a time where he said, actually, I am covering you. When God sees you, he sees my perfection. Maybe there's some people here, I think we need to understand that actually God loves you. But because of Jesus, he can accept you. Because of Jesus, the sin mistakes of our past, sin translates to mistake. The sins missing the mark, the sins of our past do not define us. The sins of your tomorrow do not define you. God, I just pray. I, just gotta, I feel like there's addiction here. And one thing we've got to realize is that addiction is a lot easier than we realize. Because of McDonald's, we're all addicted to sugar. They pump it full of it. Addiction is so much easier than we realize. But I feel like God's saying that I am your every need. I am your everything. You don't need anything else to, to heal yourself or try and cover the pain, actually. God is wanting to break addiction today. And if you want to, in your, in your prayer, name it and just say, God, this is what my addiction is. There's something powerful about you actually admitting your, your pain Um, the word fear, with all eyes closed, once again, if you are struggling with fear, can you just chuck your hand up? 
One of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. To someone I want to say, actually, God will provide finances. God will provide those finances. It says in the word that actually God owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills. Maybe you need to let go of a poverty mindset. The past, maybe you grew up in a poor family. You know, God can provide your every needs. It says in Matthew 7, why should we worry about tomorrow when even the lilies of the field are taken care of? When even the birds of the air are taken care of? God loves you more than a bird. Come on. God loves you more than a bird. And even a bird eats. God will provide for you. Open your mind and realize that actually it's me that is holding my, myself back. I feel uh, identity. You know, so often what we do is we allow other people to define our identity. And we're like, oh, I was born in a, in a Caucasian household with a dad as a teacher in Huntingdale. And I made it out alive. You know, it's like, that's not my identity. That is, that is circumstantial. Your identity, as she says in the Bible, is that I, you are a child of God. There's a song that we've been singing at Freedom. It says, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God. What father gives his son a stone when he asks for a bread? What father gives his, his daughter or son a snake when he asks for fish? I think that's, I feel like some of us need to understand today our identity as a child of God. And that might sound silly, but actually, we were created by God. Therefore, we are His children. So, Father God, I just thank you for every single person who is here. Lord, I thank you that when we come to you, when we declare the authority that you gave us on the cross, actually the only thing that is stopping us from moving is ourselves. I don't know if you have anything that you want to release, but I believe that God brings stuff up in these moments. He'll highlight something in our spirit and our heart. If you have something in your spirit or your heart saying, actually, I need to release this. I need to let go of this. This is something that has actually defined me or held me back or I've held on for too long. Today is the best day to change. So I'm going to encourage you to do is once I've finished, I've passed back to Josh. Once he's closed us up, go to the prayer team. Go to the prayer team because we're talking about beyond zero. We're complaining about stagnancy and being stuck. But actually, we have been given a key here through Jesus Christ. So today is the best day for change. This morning, this next hour. And I've seen people have put your hands up. So I'm going to be watching you once you're done. Sorry. But I'm going to watch you once you're done because I saw you put your hands up. And I'm going to ask you, have you had prayer? That's, that's a threat, sorry. I'm not going to do that. But I'm just going to wrap up. I'm going to pass back to my man, Josh.
And we're going to go from there. So, Father God, we just thank you that where the Spirit is, there is freedom. Lord, I thank you that the name of this church, Lift, that we can, we can be above where we currently are. But actually, it's like I was saying, Ephesians 3.20, that you make things above and beyond. You give that lift. Lord, I thank you that every single person here is responding will be an integral part of this society, this community, who will see people come to salvation, see people set free from fear, rejection, addiction. Well, I thank you that every single person here, it says in your word that we are more than conquerors. When we stand together, back to back, we are more than conquerors. That we'll, well, I just pray that we'll understand that, that we don't have to live as in a survival mode. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.